0: everybody welcome to another episode of the comic book legion podcast i am mark and with me as always the really the only faithful co-host which is clay what's up dude really early
1: actually yeah what like, the
0: hell man i just finished working
1: <laughs> <This is. laughs> so so he, he i forgot to tell my wife that we changed our day to friday so she put in our grocery uh pickup like dead in the middle of when we usually record. And I didn't I didn't think anything of it until yesterday I texted her I was like wait what time was that grocery pickup and she said oh it's 11:30 to 12 and I just I'm just like oh no. Like depending so what on what you're
0: telling me is that we're recording this early because of you need to buy milk and eggs?
1: basically yeah damn you (laughs) (laughs) oh i was see the thing is i used to be an early riser i used to be the first person awake other than my grandfather me and my grandfather used to be the only two that would wake up before the sun that is so hard to believe but we would we would freaking he he would make whatever breakfast I would come in my very first words every single day for 15 years were grandpa I'm hungry and he would either share his his breakfast with me or make me a bowl of cereal and we would watch Looney Tunes. That's like that was our morning. That's what we did. Okay. And now I think once I hit 22, 23, 22 or 23. Basically, after I stopped working with my grandmother at her daycare that she owned, after I stopped working there, I have been sleeping in when I, when I absolutely like did not have to wake up early until about 10, 11, sometimes noon. And man, like, so this morning I was dead. Like (laughs) Abby had to like physically like shake me and she's like, Hey, you told me to wake you up so that way you wouldn't miss your. Your podcast with Mark and I was like, okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> okay, <but> now <laughs> now that all your you know babysitting or you know daycare, now that all the fluff is out, to be be honest, which video game ruined you? Uh, you know it's a video game, so a video game ruined your your sleep pattern. So do you remember the game? If I had
1: to be honest, within the last few years, the two games that ruined my sleep pattern would have to be Kingdom Hearts 3 and Spider-Man PS4.
0: Kingdom Hearts 3?
1: How was it? So I I am very much a Disney kid. I grew up Disney. You know, I just said my grandmother owned a daycare. So my grandmother was the kind of person that kept up with the release dates of the VHSs for Disney mm-hmm. and then eventually the DVDs. And to the point where, like, when I got old enough, she was like, hey, this movie comes out tomorrow. Can you go pick it up at midnight so that way we'll have it first thing in the morning? And I was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And so when I saw this video game back in 2001 that had Disney characters on the front, I was like. Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. Wait, Kingdom Hearts 1 was 2001?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so.
0: God, I'm freaking old.
1: Uh, dude, I know it was either 2000 or 2001, but when I saw that at GameStop, I was like, I need it. I absolutely need it. And that set me on this journey to the most depressing, emotional, adventurous game ever. And it's awesome. I I genuinely love it. And yeah, so, See, I,
0: I never played like the 356 slash two or chain of memories see, because I've, I, because I've, I've, I've played never everything. Yeah, because I've I, I'm just not a fan of handhelds. I'm <sighs> not a fan. I'm not a fan of handheld games. So I never I wasn't going to be I mean, I guess I liked it back in the day, like Game Boy Color, because I loved like Pokemon Blue and, and yellow and that kind of yeah. stuff.
1: But besides that, I've never played handhelds. I will say this. Kingdom Hearts three. Puts everything in perspective. Like all the handheld games. Now, I will say, all the handheld games recently got remastered into the either cutscenes, so they made it into a movie, or they actually made it playable. And also, a uh, minor spoiler alert for Kingdom Hearts 3, they actually implemented a little bit of the phone game. Interesting. The- into kingdom hearts three which was a huge surprise uh but like when that when that game came out i didn't have this room i just had the bedroom that me and abby are in and i had the ter- i had to plug in my headphones that first that first intro scene to like open the game i cried i legitimately cried for, because for was, three yeah, or okay. for three just i was gonna because say cause was, one was pretty great because three, we had been waiting for so long, and I'm just like, it's finally here! Oh my god! And it looked beautiful, it looked gorgeous, and I played that. I think I asked off for like the entire week to play that game. Uh, when it came out,
0: babe, we're not gonna be able to pay bills this month. But <laughs> <laughs> check out this cutscene.
1: <laughs> and then I also did it with uh, Spider-Man PS4. I asked off for three days. And I played that and I legit, I had this room at that time and I had this window that's on the other side of this computer right here. And I remember playing it like, of course at 11 PM when it started to download. And then I had to wait for it to download a little bit more. And then I just started playing it. And all of a sudden I could see the sun come out from the blinds. And I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, Maybe it's time to take a break. Yeah, I think then, the only I
0: think the only time that has ever happened to me with a video game is probably the first time I ever played GTA, like GTA 3 for PS2. Nice. When you were like the main character who just never spoke. Yeah. Like I've never I never played a game like that before. So like the whole open world, I could take a car, I can literally just do whatever I want. Like yeah. to me I was like, "Wow, this is very refreshing." Because then I would play like Splinter Cell. I mean, your mission, that's just that's what you gotta do metal gear mission hitman mission so well i mean hitman you can you can do a little bit of maneuvering but it's still a contained world yeah but like gta i mean that was just so for me that was kind of like whoa this is my jam that's awesome but comics yeah, seriously. We're like this is I think three weeks in a row where we're just I blame the PS Five, but we have gone into these video game tangents.
1: Yeah, because legit, right before we uh before we started recording, I I pre ordered my digital version of Miles Morales. So. Yeah, and
0: I and I just went into insomnia game, and I'm gonna do the same thing. But luckily, I I think because you saying you reserved the digital version, it reminded me that I reserved the digital PS Five. Cause that would have sucked if I got the physical and then I have no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. See, I don't think, I don't think PlayStation or Xbox would ever get to the point where they're like, Hey, we're going to sell the, di- we're going to sell the physical copy with a digital copy inside. Like, I don't think that would ever happen. No. So, especially now that they have two separate consoles for it. So yeah, for sure. But Comics this week, we had a lot of big ones, some small ones. Uh, We had three Jokers, Joker Warzone. I actually read uh, Death Metal Multiverse's End, which I honestly don't know why, because at the end of it, I was like, oh, well, if you take out this character and if you take out this part of the story and you do this, then it's almost good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's great. That is
1: uh and we'll we'll get to it but and then you said you read wonder woman which i have been following that story i completely forgot wonder woman came out this week so i will have to pick that up and uh and definitely read it but uh what do you think of the books overall this week
0: overall i mean like if i was to grade like all well the books that i read i would I would probably give it like a seven point seven five. Okay. So yeah, like a like a like a solid C plus kind of. And bad. it yeah, it's so it's not bad. I mean, I I enjoyed like there weren't moments where I read comics and it was it wasn't like a oh my god this is freaking ridiculous like it <laughs> it, it, it wasn't one of those. So yeah. for me, I kind of consider. If I'm not like just eye rolling like crazy, then I'm like okay, it's a successful like I I had an enjoyable time reading comics, which is what you should do. Uh but, you know, unfortunately I don't know, I think like podcasting has ruined comic books for me where I no longer look at it in like the in the scope of like a fan. Yeah. Because I feel like I always felt like a guy that loved every book that he read like nothing happened. Oh, this book was awesome. I had so much fun. Like I'm not saying like every book was like a 10, like you're saying. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be considered a scum of the earth, to Clay.
1: Oh, but, gosh. <laughs> I I have words about that, okay? I didn't know this was a thing until somebody pointed out pointed it out to me. Cuz I don't whenever there is a 10 on a book that I have read and I know it's not a 10, I will not read that review. But uh a friend of mine in the a group chat that uh, weird science has, he looked at a 10 out of 10 uh, review. And the very first line was calling the book mediocre. So like they're giving it a review, but they're not being honest on their scoring. So they're just making it higher. So that way it's one of the first ones people see on that website.
0: I mean, I, I think that I think it's a mixture of, they want to be on the top of comic book roundup. I think it's also that they want that creator to potentially follow them so that they could maybe get them for like an interview. And then thirdly, I think that they also do it. Well, actually two more reasons. Third, I think it's because they want to keep their reviews, like their review Mm -hmm. copies, their press copies with potentially being on the hardcover Whenever the trade comes out, and you have like sometimes on the front or on the back, I know oh, many I know many reviewers who write their reviews strictly to be on
1: see uh, on a trade I think see with with that kind of mentality, though, I would love to genuinely give a really good review to a book, and then out of nowhere, somebody texts me and be like, "Hey, why is your name on the back of this comic?" Like that would be awesome. Like I wouldn't want to just do it every single week, hoping like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have a ten out of ten quote on PowerPuff Girls Volume One. Like, what? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I, I I was chatting with someone, um I'm I'm sure you know who it is, and he <laughs> and he and he's mentioned to me where sometimes when he goes back and forth with uh with reviewers he'll actually look at like what was this person's average score on their reviews and he and he mentioned to me that this person had like over 300 comic book reviews and that their score was like a 9.2 like that was their average
1: yikes that like,
0: I... uh, so either it's this genuine person, so it either is this genuine. person is oh a, a genius like this guy needs to like do a lottery ticket because every book that he reads is gold or like come on dude like there's there's got to be a little bit more than
1: it's just too much dude it's just way too much and i'm just like it's it's wearing to to want to cuz cuz here's the thing if people don't know this if you write a review what gives you leverage on like if your review is even seen You have to write more than 400 words and you're like, oh, that should be easy when it's a book that isn't that great that you have just picked out of a lineup. What is available via whatever website you're writing for Oh man, like you have to you, you, you you don't want to write fluff because people don't want fluff. But I will say there has been some reviews that I have been very passionate about because of how badly they are. That I'm that I I I fly past the 400 word limit, like just completely zoom past it, and then there's some where I'm just like, I, I write my opening statement, which is basically just one bash on the book, and I'm like, this is my review. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> basically, S- send review. <laughs> oh, like I know it's bad, and I'm not going to say the book or the writer. But there was a review that I wrote last week that I'm like, yeah, this book shouldn't exist. Jeez. And then like, I wanted to just like, the, I stopped for like publisher? a good thirty minutes. Uh, Marvel. Marvel.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to see if I can guess, but if it's Marvel, I have no idea. I,
1: I'll I'll send you <laughs> I'll send you the review. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I want to read this. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Uh, so it's 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 waning on if if you get a book that you're not totally into but you're like hey I want to give this a good review like it's hard to even think okay what would be good to write you know yeah. so i i can gosh god bless that soul but Oof. let's go well, ahead
0: and well before we before we actually um before we, we start talking about the comics and and I'll jump into Wonder Woman after. Um you we were we were kind of chatting a little bit in regards to the news that it looks it seems to be circulating uh with Scott Snyder uh potentially on. taking taking on Nightwing. Nightwing. Um, and this is uh is it Rick?
1: No, it's not Rick anymore. <laughs> Stop it.
0: Well, I mean, we haven't seen Nightwing yet, I mean.
1: Well, he he did say, and I thought it was kind of brave of him to say so, but he said that the Rick Grayson idea was stupid.
0: I actually, man, (laughs) if only, it's like, if only I can, like, just show, like, DMs on how, he oh, is
1: you you on, have to send me that. You have on
0: to send how, me that. on how like he is just you know what you're just like a, a really good person that you're just there to like support. Yeah. But how most of the things that you see him tweet, I mean he's doing it to be the team player, but just philosophically what like his views compared to others views when it comes to how batman should be portrayed it is it's quite it's very entertaining i'm like dang like this guy just straight up doesn't
1: like it well and and me and juice were talking and you know you see a lot of people quote unquote play ball with other writers with other creators you know no one's gonna crap on bendis you know out in public because he's such a big name blah 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 but, like, for him to straight up say that he did not like the Rick Grayson ordeal, and I will say also, there's, there's been numerous times when people have very vocally, other creators, have very vocally criticized Tom King's Batman run. And I'm just like, okay, so you can't crap on literally the worst book in DC Comics being Action and Superman, but you can crap on a book that has had four or five times better sales than Superman. Yeah. I don't understand that. Like I, I, I genuinely don't. So,
0: yeah. So, I mean, sometimes I feel like when, when I heard the news, I'm like, okay, this is either. Cause at first I like, I I just saw like the, the headline uh, for some reason, this is when I'm saying like podcasting has kind of ruined the fandom where I, I don't even like really read interviews anymore. And I used to love going on newsorama or something just so that I can read the interviews of creators uh-huh. uh, on what they have to say about the book. But for some reason, like that passion has like left, which sucks. <laughs> I I hate that it's, it's come to this, but I don't know. I think it was just like a moment with like the end of nation of nerds since we used to read every single book and it's mama. And then we would choose our top 10, but you have mm-hmm. to read like forty books to figure out where do you want to get your top ten. Uh, I think it was like a burnout where I'm just like, "F it, I just I just want to talk about DC because I only like DC and now DC sucks." So now jokes on me. Uh, so, <laughs> so when I, when I was when I saw it, I was like, "Okay." So when I wrote to you on on the on texting was I'm like, "Okay." So either Snyder because he always loves to call back work that he's done. The beginning of his All Star Batman run, when uh, when he was doing work with J- Romita and this was all about you know getting Harvey and trying to fix him. Um, they had the moment with the confrontation that he was getting messed up by KG Beast, mm-hmm. and you know he kind of swore that he will make Batman pay. Um, and then we saw what happened with KG Beast, where he ends up shooting Dick. And we're like, okay, so is he going to be touching on going back to his all-star run? But I'm like, you know, that was Bruce and Duke Thomas. So I'm like, Dick wasn't there. But then I'm like, okay, so I can't really see him touching threads of Tom King's run and continuing that story. But now, with you kind of saying that he was not an idea of that at all, I feel like I'm not saying he's going to try to retcon it, but I just feel like it's going to be one of those things where he's going to try to right right the wrongs of mm-hmm. how of how bad of a you know decision that was. And I, and I'm guessing this is more of a maybe like a Dedeo. Di- uh, like because it, it makes me wonder where you know Snyder keeps on saying. I mean, like we knew he wasn't leaving. DC, like officially, it's more like he's getting off like the mainline books. Yeah, where this might just be like a a black label book where he can kind of stretch things. But you know, when you saw Dan leave and Snyder, I think his tweet was, "Although we had like many nuclear fights and arguments, like your passion and blah 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 blah, like you know, then the fluff stuff." Yeah. I, I I can only imagine like. How upset was he with these creative decisions revolving, you know, his, his favorite character?
1: I mean, you, you know how I feel about the Rick race and stuff. Like, I mean, it's, besides it's groundbreaking, <laughs>
0: besides,
1: well. besides Superman, Nightwing is my favorite character. Uh, Well, let me reiterate that. In my lineup of favorite heroes, it is Superman, Superboy, and then Nightwing. Nightwing is third, and will always be third. Uh, recently, due to Superman in action, Nightwing has been kind of, like, just non-existent because of the Rick Grayson stuff. But because of what happened in Tom King's run, like, it broke me. I was like, what is going on? And then this whole Rick Grayson happened. I'm like, okay, this this has to only be for, like, two arcs. They have to bring him back. And for it to last a year? A year and a half? Like, it was... Yeah, it was about, like,
0: a year before they first introduced Red Cloud.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
0: we had Red Cloud in this story a year before before Dick got shot in the head. That tells you how long. And we, I, I mean, we still haven't completed that story. That's
1: yeah, exactly. (sighs) But when I heard Snyder was gonna be on Nightwing, I had like I had initial like yes thoughts, and then I immediately thought of Metal, and I'm like no thoughts, and then I retracted and I remembered, okay, the stuff, the way Batman is being written right now in death metal could easily be fixated with a Dick Grayson persona. Like, it could definitely work out. Okay. I think. Uh, I think that he should be a little serious, but we all know that Dick Grayson can be pretty playful. You know, he has that kind of personality. In his own main title, he has that personality in Titans. It it works. It genuinely yeah. does, just because of the way he is. So if Snyder is genuinely like making this change to like more playful writing, then maybe it'll work. But I, I just told Juice and some other friends I if it's not going to be excellent writing, I need someone good on art. I mean, yeah, I, I think part of me
0: wishes that it is a black label and that it's a, you know, kind of like what they've done with, uh like, the question, the deaths mm-hmm. of Vic Sage. Like, have it be or a three or a four-parter, just very tight and intimate story kind of thing. Yeah. But not have it be, I mean, I don't think it will be an ongoing Because, again, that's not what Snyder's trying to do anymore with DC, at least Mm -hmm. at the the moment, unless something's changed. Uh, So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, my my hope was always that we will get pre-Flashpoint, Black Mirror, or New 52 Snyder. um, Because Rebirth, in my opinion, has not been Snyder's greatest... Oh yeah, uh, I yeah.
1: think you you texted me and said that rebirth has been his downfall. So and maybe
0: maybe that pre-flashpoint cuz it was really only one arc and new 52 was like the part one of a trilogy and then the 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 sequel is usually the darkest. Yeah. W- where tragedy happens and maybe that's been his downfall and now we're getting to the you know the I, return of the king.
1: I want it to be like the Because, see, I I feel like, honestly, I feel like New 52 was good. New 52 was excellent. But everybody talks about that first arc. Always. uh, Court of Owls Always. Mm -hmm. And I just think that was on his peak with what he was doing. Because he had to have been writing that during his release of Black Mirror. So, I think during that time, he was writing all all those together. So, I want that era of Snyder. In this Nightwing run that he's going to be doing, whether it be in main continuity or black label, that's and the what thing. This
0: is like you, you see it in his indie work. Um, well, from the indie work that I've read, mm-hmm. um, from him, and then sometimes I just wonder, like, you know, can you get back to where you were when you're so lost? in. I think the success of the Batman Who Laughs, like, completely said, okay, people are clearly digging this. You're getting all the crazy cosplay. Like people love this. How can we make things more nuts to keep it at this level? And I'm like, I just hope that, you know, it's one of those moments that I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's sit back. Let's go back to the roots and let's do what got me here in the first place. And and I hope I don't know if Nightwing would be that character that he would want to go soul searching for but maybe i mean it started with it started with dick grayson so maybe yeah. he can you know he maybe well, he can recapture if,
1: it what if it starts with dick grayson and ends with dick grayson and he's like okay now i'm officially done with dc bye
0: well then hopefully it's a good story i mean yeah
1: for sure, for sure. that's i mean that's that's all
0: you can ask for but let's let's jump into uh wonder woman well we could talk about this one quickly or i will which is it's a uh, all right, Dude, so it's I just, written by quick, Mariko Tamaki. Yeah, yeah, real go Real quick.
1: Ahead. Middleton's cover, gorgeous. Just oh, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. No,
0: no, I ordered it, yeah. <laughs> That's, like, the guy is insane. It reminds me very, I mean, I like this one better, but it reminds me very much so in the same sense of the Aquaman and Aquaman, Mero. yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So, yes, Wonder Woman 763, written by Mariko Tamaki, Carlo Barberi on pencils, uh, we have Matt Santorelli, uh, the inks and Alejandro Sanchez, the colors. Um, this is the finale or uh, maybe, or I mean, I'm guessing it's the finale based on like the title the last stand of liar, liar between Diana, Max Lord and liar, liar, which is Emma, which we found out is Max Maxwell Lord's daughter. This was just the, the confrontation that, you know, we've been waiting centuries for. Uh, and what, what you're getting in this story is you're getting a little bit of the background of where she was from a little girl. Um, and she's, I, I believe she called herself a liar liar because what you're getting in the beginning of the story is how she's always been lied to. And she's always been lied to. She's never known who she was. And she always knew that there was more to her, but the mom would always do uh, the mom would always do whatever she can to deflect it and kind of just say, no, sweetie, it's just, You know, there's just something wrong, you know, there's nothing wrong, it's just in your head, you know, that kind of stuff. So you're you're seeing at the beginning of the story and you're like, oh my god, like this is so sad that you know, she's talking about how she's always been lied to, and then you see that her mother is committing suicide. And, you know, is attempting to commit suicide and she's in the car. And I'm like, geez, talk about tragic stories. You know, you know, it leads to the confrontation that we saw at the end. But what, what it fails to see is that when you see a little bit later on, that story between her and her mom, this is when she's known all along that she's had powers and she now realized that these powers or what she's been feeling is real, where she legitimately said to her mother, you know, in her mind, I wish that you would just Move the you know like move the car. Uh, let me see. I wish you would drive into the truck and kill yourself. Then you'd be dead. And that immediately, just from the anger of a child, probably inside from always being lied to, that activated. I believe like her powers where her mom. Now you realize like her mom didn't ever wanted to kill herself. No, is she was mind wiped to do it. Which I'm like, dang, that's that, dark. That yeah, it's dark. I was like, oh okay, so like this chick is legit. So, uh Maxwell Lord, it seems like he had no idea about who who Emma was. And you know, they have the confrontation, you know, she's, you know, the regular villain speech, Wonder Woman trying to stop them. You have Maxwell Lord kind of confronting with his daughter. The daughter looks like she was about to kill Max, but uh she was a Wonder Woman was able to to save him and then in the time that they had available um, you, you know, Maxwell Lord was able to say, Emma, you're powerless, you're powerless. So she was, you know, she like lost it because Maxwell Lord, although yes, Wonder Woman did save uh, Wonder. I mean, Wonder Woman did save Max. Max also did the same because he was able to speak to Diana telepathically and say, like, you can't hear because the goal is that he could not to hear her words. Because if you hear her words, then you will be That's able what to- manipulates. Yes, okay, that's what okay. like what manipulates it. So she didn't understand why nothing was working. It's because Diana just couldn't hear. Because she was under under Max's like spell. I'm like, oh okay. Alright, like cool. Like it's cool seeing them. I mean, it's weird, but it's cool at the same time. I I felt like I was reading an issue of like if the blacklist was a superhero comic book and Maxwell Lord is James Spader, like Raymond Reddington. Like, that's kind of, like, what you're getting. So, you know, there there are moments between the confrontation between Max and Emma that, since she's able to see in his mind, uh, you know, it looks like it's kind of like he's always envisioning. Or maybe it's her planting it in his mind. Or this is, I I didn't really get how to read it. Uh, So, it's either in his mind, he is constantly reliving whenever he sees Wonder Woman, when she killed him, when she snapped his neck or Emma knows about this and she is just planting it in his mind to kind of get him back to being angry and hating Wonder Woman and all that kind of stuff. So huh. time, time will tell uh, like what exactly, cause it does get revisited a little bit later when, uh, when they were able to stop her and now she's in like a prison cell. Uh, kind of like, I don't know if it's a black gate or something. Um, I, I didn't look at the detail. Uh, and now he is kind of like that Raymond Reddington where now it's kind of, yes, he's completely tracked and all that kind of stuff, but he's kind of like free to go. Cause now he's going to be like an agent, like one of those, you know, off contract kind of agents working, working with them. So that's but, for- well, how long, you know? Oh, no, I mean, this is going to be, you know, like, just a couple of story arcs, probably. But that's (laughs) where, yeah, that's what's going to happen. But there is something that you see in his mind after they mention, like, what his missions will be and how he's going to be working in a higher echelon. In the back of his mind, he's hearing it again. Can you see it? That's Wonder Woman snapping your stupid neck. So it's still in his mind. Because he looked really, like, disgruntled. Like, all right, he's thinking about it. And then he's got, like, that cheesy smile at the end. Like, hey, let's go. I'm ready to help. Like, he's clearly hiding something. Yeah. So I was like, okay. You know, like, I was like, all right, it's a little, you know, like, when they introduce a villain and it just kind of ends really fast. Yeah. Like, on their first showdown and it's, it's over until they decide to, like, bring her back for something when when something i get i guess for like for me if something like tragic or at least like there was really like no suffering besides like her kind of being mind wiped and you know for a day she was messing stuff up it it doesn't make me feel like oh wow emma is a emma's a character that i need to worry about you know when they yeah. defeat her so easily in an issue and the way it's defeated i was like okay like this is just your way of trying to, I felt like Emma was just created to kind of build up this persona that Maxwell Lord is kind of changed man. And I was like, okay. So I didn't like that. It ended so rapidly, mm-hmm. but the way they created her story into why she is what she is. I was like, okay. Like I thought like that's dark, that's twisted. And it's, it's kind of cool.
1: But nice. well, you never know.
0: Maybe if Janen was on the art, because it shows a little bit more of like a grittiness to it, mm-hmm. sometimes that helps. I am so
1: upset that they they advertised this run as Jannon's next book, and he was only on the first issue.
0: I mean, I'm hoping that now that this arc is over, and now it's a Bienvenido a Miami, like now they're going to Miami, I'm hoping that this is kind of like what they did with Batman Rebirth. Where it was like David Finch for an arc, Janon for an arc, and maybe oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. and maybe they just needed him they wanted him in the beginning to, you know, for sales purposes, but I'm hoping that they'll bring him back now for the hopefully, but again, I don't I don't read solicits. So I'll have to look yeah.
1: back at it. Yeah. But let me go ahead and talk real quick about uh Dark Knights Death Metal Multiverses End, number one. Now, I wasn't expecting to read this book. I was going to look over it. And then I just started reading. And this is supposed to take place after Death Metal number three, because a lot more heroes are uh, involved in this. And this story takes place. With the fact that there is only one, two, three, four, five, six Earths in existence now. Of course, there is the uh, the Earth Prime. Is it is it Earth Prime that's like the normal Earth or mm-hmm. yeah? There's Earth Prime, Earth Three, Earth X, Earth Twenty Nine, Earth Forty Three, and Earth Fifty.
0: So is that and, is that I haven't been reading it so. Has Perpetual destroyed all the other ones? Yes. Okay.
1: And all these other ones are about to be destroyed as well due to the uh, the tuning forks. If you remember, the tuning fork was what brought about the Dark Multiverse on yeah. Prime Earth. Now they're going to be using it to help Perpetual destroy these other Earths. And the Justice League's mission... And all the heroes of these Earth's mission is to destroy these tuning forks. And majority of this story is actually from Owlman on Earth-3. He has uh, captured Jon Stewart. And he is wanting to know what the F is going on in the multiverse. Like, why is all this going down? Because he has this vendetta and this like exuberant hate towards the batman who laughs because he was the original bad batman so he is like i'm the only one that should be batman's opposite and not this batman who laughs and so we get a whole lot of the outside dialogue from guy gardner captain carrot Uh, Jesse Quick about how they, how important it is to destroy these tuning forks. And the one thing that I did not like about this entire book is there is a good maybe 10 pages, like not all at once, but in between the story of Jon Stewart talking to Owlman about Everything that's happened in oh, Scott God. Snyder's Justice League run, man, those like so we get the backstory on how Perpetua was created and how she created her sons and how she created the Earth and the multiverse and how she was, you know, turned into part of the Source Wall and how she manipulated, uh, freaking, uh, uh the Anti Monitor. Like, we get all of this fluff. Ugh. Because, basically...
0: Is that Earth-3? Is that, is that Earth-3? Earth uh, like, Crimson to get Superman? Yeah. Ultraman uh, fighting uh President Superman? Yep. Okay.
1: And the reason why Jon Stewart is doing this is because Owlman basically pulled a freaking uh Michael Scott and was like, What's going on with the multiverse? What's going on right now and explain it to me like I'm 5? Oh god. And so he explains everything. And we do get a moment of Captain Carrot and you know, he's being very uh heroic. He has an emo- emotional breakdown about how his earth basically everybody's dead and I'm just like, "Okay, whatever, it's" a- Freaking Bugs Bunny in a Superman suit, basically. Who cares? Hey, hey,
0: hey, 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 hey. It's true. Shut up.
1: And unneeded. Like, because he. he <laughs> like I said, like, with without the fluff, without Captain Carrot, and also without.
0: It looks like, it looks like Batmite is all. Uh, is that Batmite? It's not.
1: No. So, oh. another book you did not read was Legends of the Dark Knights death metal uh, edition this is evil bat baby
0: oh my god
1: at the the very last story of the Legends of the Dark Knights uh Bruce Wayne's consciousness went into this baby oh
0: my god so this and this baby the bat baby who cries
1: Yeah, he calls himself. I forgot what he calls himself here, but he makes a lot of uh, baby. In the
0: hands of my rainbow Batman. Oh my
1: god! Yeah, yeah. Like I said, if you get rid of the history lesson fluff, Captain Carrot, Bat Baby, and the Rainbow Batman, this is almost a good story. Because wait, so is he
0: crying in that panel, or is that just slobber because he's a baby?
1: That's slobber because he's a baby. So, all the heroes start to get overwhelmed by these rainbow Batmen, And, again, Jon Stewart goes on in this little history lesson talking about the crises with uh, Parallax, with uh, Alexander Luther, with Darkseid in Final Crisis, and, of course, with Barbados in Metal. And... You know, talking about how Perpetua was released. And through this, Owlman has the realization that he is not the original Owlman. Oh. So he goes to this computer, which is basically Harbinger from freaking Crisis yeah, on yeah, Infinite yeah. Earth And he asks the question. Where are the original Owlmen? And she gives a small history lesson on them. About how the original died. Uh, during the first crisis. The second one died. Uh, during a multiverse event. And the third one died. Due to Dr. Manhattan. So that was interesting. Hmm. And then. A light bulb hits. He is. He starts laughing. And he realizes that as long as one Batman lives, he will always be there. So this basically gives him the, uh, I guess this is, this gives him the motivation to help Jon Stewart, the justice league, whatever, because of course he wants to destroy the Batman who laughs. And then you know, he, if, even if he is destroyed now, he knows that he will be reborn. And so uh, he tells Bat-Baby that there are no bats welcome on Earth-3. He basically attaches Bat-Baby to the tuning fork. And he sets off a bomb that he has already put onto every tuning fork, which is the biggest MacGuffin I have ever seen. And he blows up every tuning fork.
0: Oh, gosh. Wait, is this him just saying, please, I'm
1: just a widow? Yep, he, yeah. But what makes me laugh even more is that DC was like, hey, what if we make a baby just to kill it?
0: I don't know, man.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. dc said hey what would be a really good bat villain oh an evil bat baby a i gotta little- it. write it
0: down on the whiteboard a okay. bat
1: baby okay so what are we gonna do with this bat baby we're gonna kill him, we're gonna kill him. <laughs>
0: Man, that reminds me. Like, uh, do you like watching? Uh, do you like watching uh, stand-up comedy? Yeah. Like, do you know a guy named Brian Regan?
1: Regan, that sounds familiar.
0: Brian, he's like a uh, he. He's one of like these guys. Like, he's not like he doesn't like curse or anything, but mm-hmm. he's known for like his facial expressions. So he works good if you're watching him while doing his stand-up show. Like, I guess like you you'll also laugh like only hearing. I, him, but,
1: yes. Yes. I, okay. I I know exactly who you're talking so about yeah
0: he has a bit on his show on one of his stand-up uh, shows where he goes, man, I would have loved to have been one of the writers in in like Dora the Explorer because he was like he's like, I could only imagine that somebody would say, hey you have you have two hours and you need to write a plot like you need to write a, a song for one of these characters And he's like, so go, the guy can't think of a song. So he goes to the meeting anyways, the pitch meeting. And he goes, so what's, what's the song that you made for the map? And he's like, uh, I'm a map. I'm a map. I'm a map. I'm a map. And I don't know why I just found it hilarious. Cause I've, now that you're mentioning, like, imagine like DC, I immediately thought of that where they're like, baby, love it. Batman, bad baby. Love it. How are we gonna oh we're gonna kill it
1: yes <laughs> like, I, I don't know why I just oh it's just i i I don't know why I don't know why, so after all that is said and done uh the heroes are going you know they they got every other hero out and they're going to uh take him they're gonna take everybody to the prime earth, get ready for the battle with perpetua and I'm just now realizing this. There is one panel where you see everybody on board. I'm pretty sure that is Savage Dragon. In the police uniform. That looks like Savage Dragon. That's interesting. But you know. The art was different. For sure. Was not something I was really expecting from this. But it is something that looks like. It can be done pretty quickly. So I can understand that. Especially with. A tie-in to a series, but I mean, it. Like I said, if you get rid of all the fluff, the 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 evil Bat Baby, the the Rainbow Men, and Captain Carrot, I probably would have given this book at least an eight.
0: Okay, all right.
1: Because I I do like the idea of Owlman being like. Yeah, F everybody here because I'm the one that is destined to be Batman's equal. Yeah. You know? So I do I do enjoy the idea of that. And it's I just, think it could have been oh. done pretty well. But with the circumstances of everything else going around it, it kinda just kinda just got hidden in, in that. Maybe, whole thing. maybe
0: Snyder just like tested Tinian and he's like, Listen, if you want to be part of this crew, you need to tell me and prove to me that you know what the hell I'm doing with metal. So, I want you in this next book to do a summary and prove to me that you know what's going on.
1: So, you said, you, you said Tinian. There is, I'll have to find it. Somebody posted on Twitter the other day. And I think I have it right here. I need to pin it onto my profile but somebody actually says uh gosh where is it uh oh no did i not retweet it and i only i think i only sent it to jim oh no okay so this person made an entire thread calling out every comic book podcasting like podcaster and said for all of those who don't know how to pronounce everybody's name. He says here, uh, comic fans, you've been pronouncing creators' names wrong far too long. I can't take it anymore. Here's a thread to put you right. I will retweet this thread anytime I hear another podcast or YouTuber say one wrong. And I believe we have been saying James Tinian. And he says, Good Tai Nin Bad Tin E N Tai N I'll be honest, I didn't know how to say it till I heard it. So his name is Tynan. Tynan James Tynan.
0: I can't promise that I will be saying it correctly
1: <laughs> moving forward,
0: but I will I will attempt to.
1: How do you think uh Mitch pronounces his name?
0: Gerards. No, Jared's. No, Gerard's. Gerard's.
1: Gerard's. It's G E R. So so this is the pronunciation. G E R. And then A D Z. Ger. Ads. Gerard's.
0: Man, then people even in cons are butchering it. Like, I understand. Like, <laughs> and he says,
1: he says good Gerard's, bad ads. Just stop inserting the extra R
0: No <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, but then there's one uh so I don't even know how to pronounce this name, even in the like good section. So it's Has on Otsman Elhau.
0: Who's the jigger? What?
1: that's his full name. He says, and then he says bad too many to list. I didn't know how to say his full name till he told me. I don't know this creator, but apparently he's worked on, Oh, I know who this is. Like now that I see his, his profile picture. Uh, yeah. Interesting. But yeah, we have been saying a whole lot of creators names completely wrong. So I will actually
0: or are we
1: retweet this and then I will pin it to my James profile. James Tynan. anyway. Oh, I can't even pin that tweet. No, you
0: you can't you can't pin someone else's tweet.
1: That's like, annoying. You can,
0: you can quote tweet it and then you can pin it. Pin it.
1: Okay, I'll probably think about doing that. But yeah, uh, I, I would Warzone. say let's go Joker Warzone first. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if we need to necessarily cover every story here. Um,
0: I agree. I don't think that we do.
1: I will say. Um, uh, I mean, Sha- I think I think like the first
0: two, the first two were, I would say, pretty, pretty i mean they one, were the most and, important yes like the like they felt the most relevant um i think the third story might get some fans excited um because it you know it seems that cassandra does kind of have like a cult like following mm-hmm. um the poison ivy story made meant, no
1: sense she yeah. somehow got the phoenix force
0: yeah that one and then honestly the clown hunter story uh I I saw it it immediately looked like a Daniel Warren Johnson book and I'm not the biggest fan of that kind of art style. So because one I don't care about Clown Hunter and then secondly I mean maybe if I like them in the main book maybe it will make me want to read it. Well that's but-
1: why that's why I have to call out Shaq cuz I know that you commented on his on his tweet yeah and he was like oh yeah you know after this this definitely got me more interested in the clown hunter i'm like no not really no, not at I mean, all like actually it's,
0: yeah it's uh yeah i don't know i mean Sh- Shaq is uh he's uh i mean he's passionate i mean he's definitely i mean he, i think he is like the president of like the Philadelphia fan club uh oh for sure yeah so i mean like he he's passionate i mean and he all right he likes it he digs it cool uh, I, you know, I'm not on that level with uh, Tynan's stupid Tynan's name uh, <laughs>
1: uh, with. <laughs> you said it right. And then you said stupid Tynan's name. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: oh,
1: that's great. Yeah. So,
0: okay. So going into like the the first story, this is very Tumking, very King esque
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: Well, this is kind of like if. Tynan was writing kind of like how he felt someone would react to Bane's plan in in, um, in Tom King's run. And I have to say, like, okay, we're seeing Bane, Bane's tied up, and this is literally them. He's pretty much chained up because they are slowly and slowly take, removing the venom from his body, which, you know, you're kind of like seeing through the dialogues in regards to how painful of a process it is, but you you wouldn't know it by looking at him. But it is sure. an extremely painful process. In the meantime, they're talking about fear, and everyone knows that, you know, the clown is coming, because the clown brings some sort of fear onto the people there in, in Arkham. Now, I... Okay, what did you think about joker's motivations for wanting to confront bane for being upset with the way that he handled you know his his master plan
1: i thought it made sense now would he be as passionate i'm not entirely sure but everything was worth it for what he told bane he said, You're not the man who broke the bat. You're the man who broke the baby bird. Yes. And the reason why that is so good is because of how Damien's been reacting in Teen Titans. Now, I mean, he, that well, does... he, dro-
0: he dropped the name. Like, he's no yeah, longer well, Robin,
1: correct? That's what I'm saying. He. he I'm not justifying the writer's actions in making Damien, you know, this, you know, douchebag again, you know, hating everything and you know, wanting to kill everyone. I I don't think that that is necessarily the way to go, but I think it's a good reaction for Tynan to create this story and give that reason. Yes, I agree. So. I think it works pretty well,
0: no, I think it works out well, also, but it, there's like there's parts of me that wonders would joker have really have been like, hey, kudos to you for actually breaking the bat, like when you know that he would have be the one that would want to do it
1: oh he he like would've. i feel
0: I feel like no matter what it's a it's a lose lose for bane it maybe is, he, maybe I, he, maybe I, he would have gotten
1: I more props, think, I still think Joker would have been pissed off because yeah he's been working with Alfred's corpse and having fun with that but I think if there is even a ounce of an a possibility to do something to mess with Bruce and Joker isn't able to do it because of the inconvenience of somebody else doing it before him I think he would be kind of like like annoyed with it I agree. So, like I said, I don't know if he would have this react like this exact reaction because he's like, "Oh yeah, Bane, you could easily be, you know, the number two villain in Gotham, but under underneath me." Like, I don't think he would go that far necessarily, but still having the reaction that he did, that he did, I think that it's genuinely a, a good story. And this no, no, is the I thought so, too. writing. But here's the thing, this Joker and the Joker that we're seeing in Batman are two different Jokers. I feel like they have two different voices here. I agree. And it's written by the exact same person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This, this felt more a little bit along the lines of like the Joker that you saw when he was telling the story to the limo driver mm-hmm. heading to Ace Chemicals in the, in the previous, in Batman 99. Yeah. So I felt like that's the kind of Joker that you got. Because, I mean, he even referenced here a little bit in regards to, uh like, Killing Joke. I'm talking about you're just one bad day. Yeah. And he was like, you know, nobody knows that more than I do. So I was like, okay. Like, I, I liked the writing. I loved the tension. I was actually, I was generally, generally, I was like, genuinely, like, whoa, is he actually going to do something to Bane? because of how angry he was for ruining what could have been a very funny moment in the eyes of the Joker doing like the ultimate torture. And then he's like, and you, and you didn't even do it in front of him. Like he wasn't even in the city when you decided to do it. So I was like, yeah, he was. And then, so I loved, you know, I like the, you know, keep the mask, you know, people actually might mistake you for something scary. So he just like turned him into Bane, this huge figure just turned him into like nothing. Like and 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 the way it looks like it looks like not even the guards fear him. Yeah, it it was just more like you know it. They kept on. To, they referred again to like the cl- the clown, and I was like, man, he hears the word clown, and a part of you know wants to scream. Um. So I was like, oh, okay, this was a really good story. Like I I thoroughly enjoyed it. For sure. Yeah. Now the the next part, which is with uh, John Ridley. Oliver, oh, jeez, Copier, uh, Matt Hollingsworth, and Darren Bennett on letters. I mean, he he's French. So uh, Olivier Copier. So tell, how, how was that, comic fan? Uh, this is now the beginning. <laughs> I'm joking. Not really. I uh, hate you. Um, so with family ties, this is now the beginning of what this – Maybe the future of Batman will be in regards to Luke Fox, Lucius Fox, in regards to him still dealing with what a uh, punchline has done to him. And yeah, the, the Fox family was given billions. I think it was like 19, 19. 20, 2 billion.
1: 20 billion dollars because there's two accounts. There's one with 2 billion and there's another one with 19. True. And I don't know how I feel about how Ridley is going about this. Now, we can clearly see that Lucius is still infected with uh, Joker toxin. He is not in his right mind. Nope. But he tells the Fox family hey,. Instead of giving this money to the people to take back Gotham, we deserve everything, and we are going to keep it.
0: I mean, this kind of goes against like all this, those like those this, funny, like those stupid takes that you hear on Twitter, like, "Oh, imagine if Bruce had the money, and instead of being Batman, what he would do to the, the to, for the community if he just like donated the money." Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, but, let's, uh... but
1: but here's the thing. Lucius is the current CFO, I believe, mm-hmm. of Wayne Industries, or at least he was before Joker bought it, or whatever the hell. Do you think the Fox family, especially looking at that house, is? Not doing so hot in in Gotham, money wise. Money wise, I, no, I, I want to make that clear.
0: No, no, it looks it looks like he makes a healthy six figure salary.
1: You only think he makes six figures. I think he makes seven or more. With with Wayne Industries now, if true, true, true. With, him, within, with everything in, within the DC done. universe, true, Within true. the continuity in DC universe, Wayne Industries. Is basically the apple of the DC
0: universe. Okay, fine. He makes a good one point eight seven
1: five. I like. I I'm not going to put an exact number on it. I'm just saying I think he makes a really, really like more money than I think I could ever have in my lifetime. Let's just say that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was thinking like you know eight hundred k. I mean that sounds reasonable, but
1: but even so. He says that, no, we are going to, he says that it's ours to keep. Luke is not okay with that because he's like, that's not why we did this. This money technically belongs to Bruce Wayne. And then Lucius is like, no, Bruce isn't stupid. He wanted us to have it. I'm like, what? Like, he's like, Cat uh, wa-
0: wa- wanted us to use the money to help people. He's like, well, we help them by keeping them from getting killed in somebody else's war. <sighs> yeah. And I mean, again, head- again, in my mind, I'm trying to give Lucius the benefit of the doubt that he's infected. So he's not potentially thinking with a clear mind.
1: Exactly. That's all I was thinking throughout this thing. But... I have to think about it in the way that Ridley is wanting to tell this story. He is clearly putting a lot of social politics in this, which I don't mind. I think there's some really like, scary, dark, but good stories that could be told with this type of storytelling. Okay. I think that he is really rushing the whole Fox family thing. But I still think that it could still work. So do you with... think
0: that what Ridley is trying to do is create a.
1: Well, I guess you could Juice... say like a
0: like a power family.
1: Juice has a theory and I, I will I will get to it. But in my mind, when I read this, I was thinking, Ridley, are you really going to make. A. Black family, a very famous black family in Gotham. And in the DC universe, steal $20 billion and not do anything but help themselves with it. Thinking it in that way really did not turn me on to the idea of the Fox family being the next Bat family, which is something that seems to be what well it, Ridley I... wants to do. It, it wouldn't be like a good start just because it's kind of
0: like wow you're creating a power family with like pretty much like a very shady um like start.
1: Yes. Yes, yeah. very much so. And I completely forgot about all the characters that people responded with but but I I asked people like I'm pretty sure on Friday without any context, hey Who started out their hero career with stealing their powers, technology, whatever. And a lot of people reminded me of Booster Gold. A lot of people reminded me of Terry McGinnis. Uh, And so I was like, okay, there's a precedent for it. But in this context of what Ridley is wanting to show, in the times that we are in, it doesn't look great. Yeah. Especially when clowns start to attack the, Luke, the the Fox family, Luke becomes Iron Man, and Lucius kills, like, four people, shooting them in the head. Like, straight <laughs> up, like, execution, shooting them in the head. And then he points the gun to Luke, who he just saw turn into Batman. Yes. And he and he says, "I know exactly who you are." And I designed that suit the same as I designed a weapon that can shoot through it. And I'm just like, "What is going on?" Like That was cuz I it
0: I don't feel like he knows that that's, that that's Luke.
1: Then who does he think it is, Bruce?
0: I I I don't know. But I think like he knows the technology, and he knows like. So, if, so if,
1: is he assuming that because Joker knows most of the secrets now, that that might be a Joker goon or Joker? Ah, I, I,
0: I'm not sure yet, but I, but I don't think because I feel like that would not be, that would not be the reaction if it was. You know, if it was truly Luke, I don't think he would have said, like, I know who you are. And like, it, it didn't sound like the father knew that that was his son using that technology.
1: Well, again, he is very clouded yeah, by this Joker toxin. And so Luke flies off. And the police arrive. They pull the guns on Lucius. And, you know, that's when luke comes in hey hey i'm the one who called you guys y'all need to chill out and one of the officers was like oh i'm sorry uh you don't know exactly what we're dealing with here in town these days and you look like and the other officer's like dude just shut up just 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 call for backup like just chill out yeah and of course my mind is like oh he looks like a joker because he's jokerized but when you look at his face He's not jokerized. He's yeah. not like smiling or anything. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you know, I think,
0: I think, that they, I think it's just his double meaning. I think it's like one yeah. it's Joker, but one, you know, the other is, you know, being the color of his skin. He's black. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's exactly what it is because, you know, just, <laughs> lo- just look at who his partner is. The one just saying like, whatever, just call for backup. Yeah. So I think like he, like, you know, we, we know what he was trying to but they made it in the sense where you could be like oh it could be either or or you know what it's both
1: yeah yeah now i will say one thing that got me really confused is uh lucius's wife says to him lucius it's all right this family is strong but if we're going to do better we have to be better we have to be a family again all of us it's time for tim To come home. And I thought. Who the hell. Is Tim. So I did some research. Tim Fox. Is Lucius's fox. Older son. From Earth. Two. What the. Okay. So I'm guessing. Lucius. Needed a older male character and was like, Hey, I'm going to take this character and put it in the main continuity. Hmm. I guess I'm, I'm not entirely sure.
0: I'm trying to, I mean, based on the little reactions that I see here, it doesn't look like he's had many appearances.
1: Uh, No, not at all. I think he's had like maybe like two or three. Okay. Hmm. But here is Juice's reaction slash conspiracy slash theory. What if Ridley? Well, this ties into Joker, or this ties into Tynan's run as well. So, theory is that Tynan is going to kill Joker in 100. And there will be no Joker. And then. Every Batman needs a Joker. So he thinks. Ridley is going to make Lucius. The Joker. For Luke's Batman.
0: So you. Wait wait. He thinks that Lucius Fox the dad will be the Joker.
1: Yeah. Like he's going to not recover. From this whole Joker toxin.
0: Hmm, huh, dude i'm sorry i'm just i get distracted because i i think that you have like the squeak in your nose and it's hilarious <laughs> when you're breathing i i feel like i feel like i'm i'm listening to uh uh you know like that just me, means
1: i'm too close to the mic Gosh. you know like
0: that you know that me myself and irene when he gets like his <laughs> nose broken <laughs> like that's i don't i don't Interesting. Awesome. Okay, yeah, because I'm I'm looking at here, and it looks like um, you know, son Timothy, who's occasional delinquency embarrassed from his father, because it looks like uh, I just put Timothy Tim Fox, and it looks like bleeding cool. But like, could Tim Fox be Batman rather than Luke Fox? Um, because I mean, I don't think that's the case, but in my mind, it looks like he had a lot of gang related issues potentially, Tim um and just very angry and he's always just been really upset with his dad where i i thought that your theory was going to be more along the lines that tim could potentially be the joker to mm-hmm. luke's uh and have it be more of like because uh what was what was the name of the what's the name of what was the name of this story it was called something family ties or something family like that? ties yeah yeah so you know, I feel like there's something more to it. I mean, I think it would be really tragic to see that happen to Lucius. Like, see that be his... See that be his story. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not... Again, I, I, I'm i not a fan of this being, whatever, like the Batman. Unless this is like a Batman Inc. kind of thing. That there's just like, you know, a Batman for like whatever region. Um, But... I don't know. I'm, I'm not totally sold. I mean, I like Luke Fox. Uh but you know, I'm not I'm I'm not sold yet. But yeah. I'm intrigued. For sure. So that that's what I will say. I I just feel like motivations were off. Uh characterizations were off, but understandably why they're off. Um and I just I don't, I don't want this to be something that's so on the nose with like current situations. Mm -hmm. Like I I don't mind some of it because I think some of it's important, um, but I don't want it to be a driving force. And I just kind of feel like there might, this could be one of those things where it, it could be really like forced in there,
1: which I, I, and that's the thing. That's why I said that I feel like this whole Luke Fox, Fox family is being shoehorned in. Yeah. Because when was the last time we saw Luke? I was, I was actually of... going to ask
0: that. I was like, like, maybe the end of the detective uh, Tynan's mm-hmm. Tynan, his end of his run. But yeah. even there, I mean, he was just a side character. He was just like butt buddies with Azrael. So, I mean. Exactly.
1: I mean yeah. So, And so given that context of being a side character, we didn't really get a whole lot of character development with him. The last time we got actual character development with that character was quite possibly New 52. And then all of a sudden, we're going to skip Dick Grayson. We're going to skip Jason. We're going to skip Tim Drake. We're going to skip Damien. We're going to skip freaking duke thomas and we're like nah luke fox should be batman
0: yeah i'm not i'm i'm not there and honestly he wasn't even the best i mean well he wasn't even like the best batwing david zavimbe was the best batwing in new 52 Mm -hmm. so if you if you read the earlier like the first run of judd winnick when the new 52 started like that dude is the true batwing so anyways, I don't care about the other stories. Cassandra Kane looks to be back to being Batgirl and she's no longer orphan. Okay. Because this is another new character, the Henchmaster, whatever that, you know, I, I believe this was Tynan also where it, I don't know. Man, no, it's Williamson. T- oh, Joshua Williamson. Okay. For, yeah. for some reason, I thought it was Tynan. I'm like, man, this guy's just creating new characters up the wazoo.
1: But. No, it, it was Williamson and he did a uh, spoiler. Also, see, the thing is, spoiler is a amalgam with her spoiler outfit and her Batgirl outfit. Yes. She doesn't have a back cowl. She has a Corona face mask. So, I mean, the design looks okay. It's just... The art wasn't the best choice for this story.
0: Yeah. It was I mean, very yeah.
1: playful and I think that it should have been a little bit darker to really make that last panel really pop.
0: Who was this Damora? Oh snap. In your
1: I'm gonna hang face. up this call. I'll see you guys later.
0: In your face.
1: Sorry. Shut your mouth. Tynan. I'm going right. to campaign Dan Moore to be on Snyder's Batman run, or Nightwing run.
0: Oh, God. Anyways, let's get into <laughs> the meat and potatoes, the big book here. Batman, Three Jokers, Jeff Johns. I mean, oh, should we say his name? Uh, <laughs> Damn it, I hate this book, man. This book is this is such a conflict of interest. J- <laughs> J- wait, wait, is it Fabak? Is it Fabic? See, that name wasn't on there. So, I don't know. <laughs> Fabak. I mean, Fabic. Whatever.
1: I think everybody's been saying Fabic.
0: Fab- See, I have always said Fabak. So, um... Fabak! <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Brad Anderson, Doing Colors. Uh, Rob Lays on Letters. This book here, man. This is... This beginning of the story, as twisted as it is, because I really felt that we were going to be getting a Joker the way Tom King did it, waiting for the wedding invitation at a random person's house. Mm-hmm. Seeing him being very Ricky Ricardo, you know, I love Lucy, like, honey, I'm home. And this is the comedian. So this is like killing joke, um, killing joke, Joker. And seeing the wife just being completely like petrified and scared, has a son. The son just wants him to go. And he's like, listen, daddy's not going to be happy. And seeing like him in a family affair. And then immediately you seeing the criminal version of the Joker kind of like interrupting his, I guess you could say like fantasy. It's like one of those moments like whoa was jo- uh, was John's trying to humanize in a twisted way a version of the Joker where he wishes he had a family. Or was this his family in you know before he went nuts and this is him just kind of reliving, you know, moments a very perverted version of what you know, maybe his memories would be or what he just recollects. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why. I thought like, whoa, what a what an intro. Because especially when he's like, who are you talking to? And he was like, Myself, but he has like that face. And when all you're seeing is like this random mannequin, and he's like, do not touch her. There there's something I'm like, Whoa, what is he doing? And I'm kind of bummed that it ended really quickly.
1: Well, I mean, if you remember, because just recently I watched it with Abby, uh, Mask of the Phantasm, uh, Joker, and I feel like Joker has done this before. The fact that he gets, like, because he's so psychotic, he has these relationships with inanimate objects. He has conversations with inanimate objects. But in Mask of the Phantasm, there's like this, and like the futuristic, like amusement park or whatever, there's this robotic woman cutting the bread or the salami or whatever uh for him and he like acts as though she is real and and i think a a smarter part of him doesn't really truly believe that she is because he still treats her like a robot and like switch you know turns the switches off and on and blah blah blah. but i feel like this is still on point for joker to play around with fantasizing, whether it be with a family or killing Batman, yeah, but or does, but, does it,
0: but does it change? Yes. He, he does do that kind of stuff, but does it change a little bit where you actually saw a human face? Cause if you only saw him having dinner and saying, honey, I'm home. And it's just a random mannequin and a teddy bear for a kid. Then it kind of makes me feel like, okay, this guy is just nuts. And like, it, it yeah. It kinda, yeah, putting you are, a, you're putting a face to it.
1: You are right. Because I will say, I think me and you are a little bit more open to the idea that these jokers that we are seeing in this intro may not even be the actual joker. Because we, we have talked about how, you know, there is a big possibility that the joker, like the original joker has long since been dead. And these are just copies mm-hmm. of joker, That have been made throughout the years. Yeah. And so this very much could be somebody who had a normal life. And this is his actual wife and son. Maybe he wasn't the greatest guy. And that's why they're a little nervous by him. And he, in this flashback, because he's been the Joker for so long, only see himself as the Joker.
0: Yeah, it it was, it's, yeah for sure and it's just like when you see him saying and he's and he says like myself ha but there's nothing funny about it like when you're looking at him yeah and then you see like the do not touch her like he looks pissed so i just feel like because of what we've realized what these jokers are doing and what they're doing in terms of like scouting new recruits Mm -hmm. there's just like this conflict of you know this inner conflict and i was like but also, I think it's because I just love the way Jeff Johns writes characters that, for some reason, I feel like I dissect panels with his book that I don't do with any other book.
1: Well, I will say the very next page, because cause the criminal joker says, because of you, one of us is dead. And it shows the clown. Yes and his brains all over the floor at the aquarium mm-hmm. and then you see the perspective of the fly Mhm and you see like the multiple jokers or whatever Yeah all the faces yeah It's 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 nothing to be like super excited about because I feel like that is a very stereotypical thing but it just looks good and I was just like oh man that looks so cool you it know does. So there's that and we get this introduction, of course, with uh Jim and Batman again, because, you know, in the last issue, uh, we had seen that Joker or that Jim had had some sort of call and he suspects there to be a Joker at this residence. Batman is there. There's Jokerized dogs that look terrifying.
0: Those are some scary uh, Rottweilers
1: that are, you know, barking up a storm or whatever. And, oh, my gosh, my little sister's yelling. Sorry. But uh, Batman comes in there. The silhouette is awesome. And all of a sudden, you just see Batman come out. He's like, call animal control. And Jim's like, are, are they? He's like, nah, they're just sedated. You're good. I'm just like, how messed up would it be <laughs> if Batman actually? He's like, I have a no-kill rule for humans but f them dogs.
0: Jeff Johns was in the writing room with DC and they said <laughs> what would be great for this book dogs. What kind of dogs? Jokerized dogs. What do we do it? Kill them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, I think that's just going to be our new thing. Probably. That's that's going to be awesome. But We find out that it wasn't a joker. It was a judge who was jokerized before the dogs ate his face off. And Barbara comes in. And, you know, everything that Jim is saying, the concern in his voice, he knows that Barbara's Bat bat Batgirl. He knows. He's got to know. I feel like he's got to know. And it's the
0: way that Jim is looking every every single time her presence. There's a face that I'm like, he's just too good. Like, he has to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird. Jim thinks that Red Hood is a criminal. It is not known that Red Hood is part of the Bat family. So, I thought that was interesting. And... When you know he, Batman you know corrects him saying, "No, he's not a criminal, Batgirl's like, "Yeah, he is." and that's when they are riding along uh the road. Batgirl has told Batman the entire story, and Batman is way too calm throughout this entire book about the actions that Jason took i mean i well, it's like his dialogue.
0: Does not match his face. Yeah. So it's kinda like one of those that he looks extremely pissed, but he's like, he killed a Joker, that's all we know. But the way so it it's one of those, like, sure, um, Fabak is drawing a sick Batman, but the dialogue doesn't necessarily um match what the dialogue or at least it doesn't seem like it again we don't know the tone but i figured if he was really angry it would be more like bold or larger Mm -hmm. um now there are moments that you see kind of like um when you see bruce mention like that he'll never forgive himself uh for leaving him in that grave um and i think barbara was saying like why did you wait until now to think he needed to be talked to and he's like well i was just hoping that he would be more like you. And like
1: those moments, I was like, "Oh!" The window goes up, and you see her reflection, and it's supposed to—it's supposed to be a compliment. It's supposed to be like, like you, you were, were
0: able—you were able to push through it on your own.
1: But also, is that the wrong way to look at the experience and the trauma that Batgirl had to go through?
0: No, no, I think it is, and I think that this is just. And I think that this is what made Alfred so important to the family, which because he was the one that was able to empathize. Yeah. Like Batman does not have empathy mm-hmm. or, or, or he does, but in a really twisted way. Because I think that he does empathize like with the city and what's going on with Gotham and you know, what these criminals are doing, but it's not that way that he can reach you in a personal level. Like I, I, that's just not. And again, every. Everybody has, you know, their emotional intelligence and in how they can handle that's just not Bruce's M.O. And that's what made, yeah, Alfred the heart and soul of the family. So yeah. and I think that because Batman in a way, but see, Batman's like, you know, I was able to push through. But you know what? He had Alfred. So he just thinks that other people. Yeah, but you know what? Barbara had and that's what you kind of got a little bit of in that um that anniversary issue. Uh, well, not anniversary, like the mourning issue of Alfred dying and just showing like how he's always made an impact. He was literally the glue that made everybody, even though all of them are insane, he kept them from being insane cr- as a criminal, <laughs> in, in, in a sense. Yeah. But although Barbara, I mean, I felt like this issue wasn't so much about the Jokers. It was just, it was more about the internal emotional and physical like every single type of trauma that you can experience and yeah he thinks that she's been able to go through it but we know that batman is still traumatized by it and you and you see it later on in this issue yeah Uh, barbara still deals with that fear every single day and you know that trauma and in this issue you see you know later on what happens with with uh with jason so I just feel like it's, like, this internal trauma and just I, – I think that Johns did a really good job of kind of just showing, like, how do each cope with it or are they even coping with it at all? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I – I I don't know, man. It was – it's a really well done Um, um, it, – it is one of those things, like, it is weird to hear Bruce just saying, like, listen, Barbara, like, you – He's gone through a lot, and he hasn't been able to. It's just like one of those things. Like, wow, it doesn't. It goes against like what you see Batman when he saw Jason going after Penguin, and when
1: exactly that's and, the and, that's the exact then, same thing I told you, and he yeah. beat
0: the living hell out of him, <laughs> and, yeah. and it was like get it get out of Gotham, and now you have it here. It's yes, it's a conflict, and you know it's all you know different writers are just going to want to do things for their story, um, but it's 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 weird to see batman who's always been no he's been so authoritarian like no this is not what we do to now being like well you don't understand what he's been through like whoa bruce this is what have you ever spoken like this yeah so it was it was an odd thing to experience um but what what did you think of like when Bruce was able to get some fingerprints from at the judge at that office and he's had a plan of where he was going to be going anyways and the person that he needs to go because the fingerprints were there was Joe Chill.
1: That was an interesting turn of events to, yes. to learn that Joe Chill was involved in something outside of a prison or anything else. So he actually goes to Blackgate. And you get some Easter eggs while Batman is walking through the corridors of Blackgate. We see the very first one, uh, Rupert Thorne. If people recognize that name, it's because of the Batman animated series. I am just recently started uh, watching that. So I immediately recognize that name. We see Dr. Phosphorus's hands Mm -hmm. and we see Joe chills cell. And before he does anything, we get the flashback of the Wayne's murder. And he tries to say something. But Jeff Johns does an excellent way of writing this script in a way. That's like, he is still stuck in that memory for a quick second. Mm-hmm. And so he's that child again. And so he, his voice is very soft and he says, do you know who? And then he's like, you know who I am. And he just goes back into the Batman voice. And there's no answer. So he kicks the door down. Nobody's in there. And Batgirl's like, oh, by the way, they they moved him. And he's like, bitch, you knew this beforehand? You didn't tell me? I kicked open this door for no reason. I look like a fool. What's wrong with you? (laughs) And so they go to the medical bay. (laughs) They go to the hospital wing. And Joe Chill has cancer stage four cancer and like i don't know how bruce like he he acts as though it's not really anything but like how do you think bruce would really react to this like you know
0: I mean, I I think it's it's one of those moments where when you go through something traumatic, you always want to know, you know, like the why. And when and then when you're so angry and you've hated this person for so long, I can only imagine what it's like to never have that answer. Like, why? Or even like a kid, like, why did your parent leave like on the divorce? Like, why did you leave us? Was it because of me? You know, there's so many answers and to never have an answer that's got to kill him. So now, knowing like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this confrontation, and now all these memories are there, and now he's just seeing that the man who killed his parents is dying himself it's it's one of those moments where it's like, yes, you're angry, and you want to know the why, but I'm pretty sure he's also getting upset because he's starting to empathize, maybe like pity like man this this man's dying For and sure. and, I, and I could see that being a total like conflict like in in internal conflict because like it's one of those things like I I remember when I was a kid whenever I knew my parents were like mad and you know or like grandparents or something and you know I grew up in Cuban household I mean they'll they'll get the chancleta like you'll get smacked if you were being disrespectful (laughs) as a little kid well sometimes if it was nighttime if I knew I did something wrong I would try my best to like run to my room and just like try to fall asleep or pretend I fall asleep because it's like, <laughs> because it's like, it was one of those things. Like, dude, you're, I was you're... here the
1: whole time. I was like, I was no, here cause... the whole time.
0: No, 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 no. no They knew it was me. But my, my thought process was like, are you really going to wake up? Like you're going to open the door. You're going to see like an eight or a nine year old kid who looks so innocent sleeping. Are you really going to grab him and say like, wake up? <laughs> so that was always my thing. And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they're like oh he went to sleep so i don't know it's like one of those things like what are you going to do when you're seeing a dude dying right in front of you That's like right. it, it doesn't matter anymore like do you know who i am dude i'm dying man come on like <laughs> i don't care <laughs> i'm gonna die like i think it's one of those things like man no matter what you lose
1: yeah yeah for sure and so uh you know, they, we see Jason go to this pool, this contour public de, pool.
0: Contour day spa.
1: Yeah. No. And he goes in and the most horrific thing I think we could have seen in this story. And I don't think that's even a true statement because Fabic has said that they really push the boundaries on this book. But we see a pool full of bodies, and it's all of the Joker-like toxic waste. Mm -hmm. And the reason we know that is because a freaking body just comes out of the freaking water, grabs onto Jason, and screams, help me. And he's completely Jokerized. Mm -hmm. Like, green hair, white face, red smile. And then we see the Jokers get him from behind and tie him up. They actually take off all of his clothes. They really, like... I mean, Juice said they give him the Barbara Gordon killing joke treatment at this point. They did. And this is where the criminal joker really starts to shine because he's really like having this deep conversation with jason saying how like you you were reborn and not only were you reborn uh i believe in something that uh that things happen in threes and you're gonna prove that when you become the joker and he's like what the hell are you talking about and he starts to laugh, and he tells Jason that it hurts when he laughs, which I don't know if that is something I feel like we have seen that somewhere. I don't know whether it has been in the last ten years or so, but I feel like that characteristic of Joker hurting while he's laughing is something that we have seen.
0: Yeah, you're not thinking of reference to like Joaquin Phoenix, right?
1: Oh God. Did they take that from there? I just realized that.
0: Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I, I I'm wondering if that's where you took it from because I mean, you know, maybe
1: I completely forgot about that.
0: Because based on the joke and where Joaquin Phoenix, where he got his, um, his, his inspiration from watching like the videos of the people that have that laughing disorder, um, yeah, and you know
1: how he interesting was
0: painful, and so I was, I was just curious, like where you were getting it from because I, I don't remember it, but again, my recollection sucks, but yeah. Especially if you're going ten years back,
1: but they put on his red hood helmet, and it looks awesome. It does with this Joker smile on it, and they're like, "Why do you? Why do you put this on?" And of course, were you uh, a fan that they kind of
0: have like now a different Joker asking the same thing of what he heard in the first in the in in the first issue?
1: I didn't. I didn't like the whole. I didn't like this for the fact that we had already seen it before. Okay. Just more humiliating for Jason. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's a joke. And he's like, oh, a joke. You know, we we left you brain dead. Like, how was that? Like, that's not a joke. That's, we were trying to kill you. And, you know, they talk about how he hates Batman. And he's like, oh, well, I hate I hate a lot of people and they're like, Oh, but you hate him more. You hate him more than anybody because of what he did and what he didn't do. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think he says, uh, what does he say? What do you say? Oh, does, does it hurt when you laugh? And then the criminal Joker just starts or the no, no, no. is it the,
0: this is the comedian.
1: The comedian just starts wailing in on jason with the crowbar
0: that like that panel of him getting ready to swing i was really like nerve like nervous to yeah. see like okay how far were they going to take this yeah and
1: and then jason says he's like if you're gonna do this again you better make sure that i die this time yeah and i did not like this next part barbara just comes in kicking the door and just yells for red hood and Batman's like, um, we could have come in quietly. And she's like, oh, well, if Jason is already here, then we already know that he wasn't quiet. And I'm looking, and I'm like, you don't know that.
0: And if I you mean, look back... I mean, if anything, story, Jason, Jason's been pretty stealthy. I mean, his, he, his tactics yes, have been brutal, but he's been quiet.
1: He's been quiet. And so, what if the Joker was just like doing you know, nonchalant stuff. And then her Barbara is like, Oh, I have to kill you now. And so now Jason's dead because of Barbara. Yeah. She's not thinking. So I didn't like that. But then all these jokers start to attack. And they're able to pull Batman's belt off and they accidentally press a button. Now this, I felt this was a little too much because I'm like, Man, doesn't Batman have like a, a a safeguard for that not to happen? <laughs> like, I, I feel like they took it way too easily.
0: Yeah, with the with the calling calling in the Batmobile,
1: and they accidentally call the Batmobile, and I mean, the Batmobile it's a, it's a, it's just a, a kills very, all a, these it people.
0: Felt, it felt a very like Tynan kind of thing. Yeah, do like something like, oh, look at this gadget. Uh, but I I I figured like they had to find a way to uh, quickly like quickly get rid of all these people make it realistic that there's you know like two against 90 i mean in in numbers i mean come on
1: like if there's 90 uh so have I you think, ever played the batman arkham games 90 people is nothing
0: that's true as long as you don't get arthritis and you could press triangle quickly enough you're you're you're, you're fine uh but what the the one thing i did get was okay so they they were able to find like an excuse to kill them without it being like well look at batman killing them well he's like no he didn't press the button
1: (laughs) that's what i told Juice. i was like you could technically say that batman killed everybody he's like no 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 they these jokers they pressed the button but what i wanted
0: what i was saying is here that when they showed like that one joker jokerized guy when he said like you know like no i'm not jason Jason. like ha ha ha. like it's it's very i don't know if you noticed like he looked very much like the comedian hairstyle comedian like if i mean besides like the little like the shaved head i mean it could be a little bit of like what you saw in snyder's oh yeah yeah like it had like like you saw like between the smile but the hair the way it looked like the one that you saw that uh, that jason kicked he had like um uh, like smeagol kind of hair mm-hmm. but i feel like this one i was like oh wow this one actually looks like no a joker. do you know
1: who, the joker that that jason like kicked out of the pool or whatever do you know what that reminded me of i never actually watched the the show but i saw the pictures of like the final joker of gotham that show gotham and oh, they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, 10 year yeah, yeah. 10 years later and it was like this really ugly joker yeah that's what that joke that one
0: was. that one too yeah yeah so um even so i mean like the one that was saying like ha 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 that was kind of like headlocking uh batman like he kind of looks like killing joke uh joker like like if brian boland drew him uh oh yeah so i mean i, I don't know if these were just like homages uh, to different forms of the Joker, but I was kind of like, wow, seeing that one saying, like, not Jason, haha, it kind of gave me that, that feel like, wow, like, it might not feel like anything, but like, dude, these can literally not be the Jokers because of how, how, how much of, resemb- of, of a resemblance you were getting. Yeah. So they end up going into that horrifying room where they're seeing all these Jokers and now they're seeing a, bloodied jason they look at the door says oops jason's bloody they thought he was dead he's showing the signs of like being a trauma victim where someone touches he's like don't touch me um and this is where seeing the broken jason like not holding back and you are truly seeing how damaged of a person he truly is and now barbara I think Barbara is between what Bruce said. I think between maybe Barbara is seeing a version of herself and things Mm -hmm. that she has said. Um, I totally get why her entire stance on Jason. Maybe, you know, she's still not cool with what he did. But I think that there is a perspective now that she was. You know that she had like her veil; her eyes were covered. Yeah. And, you know, and she was not seeing that part. Um, and now she saw it full fledged with her staying now in Bruce's. I mean, now her bringing Jason to her home. Now, it's funny because now with Jason being okay, you got cold Batman again.
1: <laughs> Dude, Batman was like, "Yeah, he's fine. Let's go."
0: He's fine. Like, he's got to rest. To just, he's there. He's safe. He's in your home. He's like, he could have died tonight. Like, he he still killed someone.
1: Like, Like, and not only that, if he has a concussion or any type of like hemorrhage, like he shouldn't go to sleep. He could, he could still die.
0: Yeah. So he's like, no, he's fine. Um, So, I mean, I don't want to keep on mimicking like what the bet, what the DC writers were saying in the writing room. (laughs) But
1: uh, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, we're we're gonna have Jason, Barbara, and Batman in a story with who else? Joker. What are you gonna do with them? Kill them.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who's gonna die
0: first? Jason. Jason dies first. Barbara oh, dies. Man. Then Bruce will say, "I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> They're okay. They're safe." Oh my god! Uh, but
1: yeah. but you know. There is this moment where Jason sees the reflection of uh, something in her closet. And and he opens Barbara's closet. He sees the wheelchair. He sees the therapeutic books. And he sees the calendars of all the physical therapy appointments. And it's a little odd because... We see that Barbara is in the apartment, and then we see her climbing through the window. So I don't know if she like went from one window to the other, and not just through her, her through her bedroom door. It's a little well, odd.
0: I, I I think it's one of those moments that she had the argument with Bruce, and I think that even though uh... is it supposed
1: to be like. A lapse of time do you I think? think
0: like time went by because when he's like we need to make sure the rest of Gotham is safe you kind of see where it looked a darker in uh, when she was talking to Bruce but now there's a little bit of light
1: oh okay okay so I yeah, think yeah.
0: time did go past and I think that's why you see the panel of him sleeping it's dark and now he's waking up
1: okay okay so I
0: think she's just coming back
1: so she starts she notices that her book is out on her bed Uh, Jason has just gotten out of the shower and he asks like, why do you still have this stuff? And there's one panel here that I don't know if you noticed. He says, I don't think I've ever been okay. You see her with a kind of discerned face. And he says what the Joker said about how I've been on the path to being like them for years. That's not wrong. I don't want to be like them, though. I really don't. You believe that, right? And she says, I'm willing to. And she's blushing. Hmm.
0: I, di- I didn't notice the the blushing. Look at
1: her cheeks Yeah, it in is- the one before. And then look at what she's look. She is looking at that torn up body and trauma. And she's like, oh, we are perfect for each other
0: i i could kind of see that i mean it, it, you i mean the blushing kind of goes away immediately after based on because you, you yeah. don't see it after she's but like
1: jason I, you're just as broken as me but I, I can
0: kind of seeing being one of those moments where that's why honestly i wasn't so i think that people are kind of stating in regards to the controversy that someone some douchebag like
1: this was okay so we're about to go to something that was very much spoiled it was spoiled so we get these books breaking the fourth wall here we get these review copies fridays usually usually this was posted online almost from when we get the books was probably 17 hours before we got the books. So on Thursday night, before I even left to go home, this image was already out there in the world. I didn't see it until three hours before we got the books. I was so mad. Yeah. And it wasn't so out of context. I was pissed. I was like, what? the hell but Azarello when you
0: guess writing this book or something
1: <laughs> <laughs> but when you read it in its own context and even barbara says we shouldn't have done that it was just a moment
0: i just wanted you to know that i cared and i and, and i, and I, I get can see... I, I don't i don't see it forced i see a lot of people thinking that it felt forced I felt that the buildup of what this issue had from the beginning and seeing even Barbara's own conflicts I I feel I felt that kiss being more legit than how I feel like if I'm watching Jurassic world and the dinosaur stuff and I don't know where Chris Pratt and you know the girl or whatever they start making out with like people in action movies because they've went through some kind of experience. Yeah, Like, you know, Sandra Bullock loves Keanu Reeves and Speed, but then after that, it's like, oh, okay, you know what? The traumatic stuff is over. Now we have nothing in common. Like, it was just like that moment. Well,
1: I also see the take that a lot of people are upset that she even had to kiss him to console him. You know? She couldn't just do it with words. She had to kiss him. And I understand that there's this stigma that okay, she is that person for not just Jason in here, but she's been that person for Dick Grayson. She's been that person for other side characters in her own main title. And so it kind of seems like she's getting around with the whole like, oh, I'm just going to console you, but with my body.
0: Well, I mean, I I, I think it was a mixture. I, I don't think, I think because of the setting, you know, mm. like, whatever man this is a very intimate like the dudes in a in a towel the guys ripped as hell i mean fabak makes him look freaking dreamy so i mean when you see it like i'm sure there's a moment where maybe there was a better way to do it and i think she realized it immediately after and i think all she really wanted to do was just to show him that she cared and just because of the setting and everything i mean i think like that's what she thought of but kudos to her for being like immediately right after because i think jason wanted more but she was like no like let's go like it was i wanted you to know that i cared um and but it, but that's like all that it was and i'm like kudos all right cool like i was like that's why i wasn't upset by it Mm -hmm. now if she's like when he was like barbara and she's like we'll talk about this later then i was like oh god Like, then, God, like, what is he trying to do? (laughs) But here, it was more like, no, she immediately put the kibosh. Like, that's it. Like, there's there's nothing else to this. Um, So, (laughs) man, like, I'll tell you, man, like, uh, Twitter has been really brutal with this whole uh, seeing the, and I think maybe it's more about the, you know, like the Zack Snyder version of DC fans when they saw missing clowns and missing criminals and you see like a lot of people saying like, Oh wow. Like who would have known that Jeff, Jeff Johns would have had his own files in the comic book because of all the allegations and everything <laughs> that's going on. I was like, dang, that like missing this clowns. Yeah. Like <laughs> missing clowns, missing criminals. And they're just saying like, Oh, who would have thought that Jeff Johns would be like, Batman would be reading John's file. I was that's like,
1: hilarious. So, Oh man
0: yeah so I mean so what did you think? I mean I'm kind of curious why Batman um,
1: I'm trying to connect the dots here with okay so yeah he says he he looks at missing criminals he looks at missing clowns and then he looks at Alaska but in that same nine panel page you see number one the clown number or it says number one the criminal, number three the clown, number two the comedian. Why is it out of order? I don't know. (laughs) You know? So, and see, when it shows Alaska, and then the very next panel, we see Blackgate. For some odd reason, I didn't even read the word Blackgate, and I immediately was like, okay, this is a transition into Alaska. But no. Nope. And then it says, you get it, chill. It's chilly. And I was like, okay, they're definitely in Alaska. It's cold. But no, it's Joker breaking into Blackgate, getting Joe chill. And he asks the question, why did you really kill Thomas and Martha Wayne? And he's wanting to videotape it. And that's how the book ends. A little bit of a lackluster ending, to be honest. I don't know where Johns is going from here.
0: I I, I have no clue. I have no clue where he's going. Um, And I mean, I don't think that I just don't understand how are we going to be getting a I mean, unless this is going to be like a 100 page book uh, on how we're going to get kind of closure in regards to what is this three Joker thing, because it really truly feels like it's going to be Batman's turn to hit his trauma. Yep. And I'm like, okay, so was this the joke three jokers or is this or is this kind of like or is this just an a, not, like a kind of like a phrase of like three jokers are actually the three people that the jokers have like affected the most. And actually yeah. Batman, Wonder Woman, and I mean Wonder Woman and Batgirl and Jason Todd, they're the three jokers just playing in the game. So I mean, unless it's going to become one of those things I I mean I don't know. I mean, I'm curious to see what are these answers going to be in regards to if Joe Chill, if ever, if he does answer it. Uh so we will we'll we'll see. Um I I I did think, holy crap, we've recorded for two hours. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. <laughs> there go your groceries. Um so I, I will say that I'm, I am curious. I mean I didn't I thought this this was a great issue. I loved it
1: uh I, yeah, I they're... like I'm I may be confused but I am wanting this last issue and of course I will be buying that hardcover in November so yeah,
0: yeah the hardcover is sexy too so with that being said because holy crap I didn't realize we talked this much um we are part of the nerdy legion podcast network uh just go to nerdylegion.com click on podcast and there you will find a whole bunch of shows. And that's where you'll be able to find us. Comic Book Legion. Where you could subscribe from there. Or go ahead and just go to Apple Podcasts. And just rate and review if you prefer. Subscribe there or to any other place that you do find podcasts. Uh, you could find me uh, at CB underscore Legion on Twitter. You could find Clay at fanboy Clay. Clay, do you have any announcements? Any kind of things you want to talk about in your show
1: before we go? Um... I have a interview podcast with uh, or episode with Chris Balga when we we talk about Richard Stark Parker's The Hunter uh, Darwin Cookbook. Very, very cool read. I have a review with Jake from the Nerd Grounds podcast. We talk about Black Clover this Saturday. I have a 40 minute so a lot shorter episode than what I had last time uh, for my Shonen Jump manga Saturday show review. And you should be hearing a Power Ranger show on Monday on Fanboy Comics Podcast.
0: Nice. Sweet. Yeah. So again, with that being said, we wanted to thank you all for uh, listening to the show, continuously showing your support. And uh, with that being said, we will talk to you guys next week.